Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your mega preview pod for this week's Val Spar Championship. It's storylines, it's best bets, it's one and done. Joining me to break it all down, it's the coach. Coach, what's going on? Oh, man, I'm right smack dab in the middle of two huge tournaments that I'm calling for PGA Tour Live players. Last week was amazing, and then we're getting set for the Val Spar tomorrow. So I'm pumped to be uh, chopping it up and to see my man, Greg. I haven't seen you for months. It's been way too long. And I heard you on PGA Tour Live last week, by the way, watching you on the main feed. You did a heck of a job, as expected. Uh, And I'm looking forward to watching you again this week. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. That's Greg Ducharme. And gentlemen, we got an influx of late storyline news on this Wednesday morning. We're going to get to that in just one second. But I'm told there is some amateur style bracket competition that's going to be starting. Oh, there it is. Yeah. March madness uh, starting up this week and you can join in on our bracket game. So go to cvsports.com slash first cut bracket. You can compete against me and Greg and coach and see a Mark and Jacob. You can kick our butts and you can win a $100 gift card to Paramount plus in the process. You can also create groups to compete against your friends, fill out your own bracket and win an opportunity to travel to the 2023 final four coach uh you guys do a great job over at the early edge i'm sure you guys also have your own bracket games but i think the first cut crew they, they want a piece of you as well well i mean i've been seeing so many social media tweets say, i'm gonna take coach down i can be coach all i say is this bring the smoke yes we've got a huge bracket we have well over a thousand people already in our early edge bracket challenge that think they can take down me and the crew Bring it on over here, too. I'm ready for it. Let's go. CBSSports.com slash first cut bracket is the place to be. All right, gentlemen, storylines and that late breaking Wednesday morning news coming from what was formerly known, Greg, as the Super Golf League. They've got a new name and they've got tournaments. The Live Golf Invitational is launching in June and they have presented eight different events. We know the courses, we know the dates, and there is a $25 million purse per event. What are your initial reactions to this? Uh, I still have yet to see a list of players. And ultimately, this is what it all comes down to. And, And Greg Norman sent out that article to players and Look, the biggest he talked about the fan experience and all that. And and the ultimate thing in the fan experience is who we're watching. The purse is nice because it it's nice for the players. We want to reward the players, but it doesn't really affect the viewing experience. It it, it has a, a limited effect. It's an uncomprehensible amount of money and for, for most of us viewing. And the difference between somebody having a putt for $300,000 and $400,000 is, I mean, it's the same thing. It's a lot. We're playing for a lot of money in professional golf. 
And I don't think it's a, I don't think it's enough to alter our viewing experience. So the question is, will it alter the players that you get? And that's what we watch for. We watch for the players. We watch for some courses, although it's very few. It's far fewer than you'd actually think. We watch for players. And until you get players, it, it, to me, it's it's no interest. And I, I don't care what the purses are. And I, I don't think, uh, I, I don't really think anybody does other than maybe players. Uh, maybe the players do, Coach, because I'm well aware that we just had the largest purse in golf history, $20 million at the Players' Championship. This organization says, okay, well, we didn't announce it during Players' Championship week like we wanted to, and we've had some stumbles in the last couple of weeks, but we are now going to add $5 million on top of that and make this $25 million Every single event for the rest of the year, I, I, I'm with Greg. It doesn't matter to me watching on television, but if you're trying to pick golfers from other organizations, I think this is probably one way to do it. Well, I mean, full disclosure, as you guys already said, you, everybody knows I work for the PGA Tour and I'm one of the lead voices for the PGA Tour. And I love working for the PGA Tour and will for the rest of my career. When I look at this just from a, an outsider, it doesn't make any sense, and I'm going to tell you why. I worked for Vince McMahon in the WWE for 10 straight years and, and a total of 13 or 14 years. The one thing I know is that when business was great, we had stars. When business <laughs> was down here, we did not. You cannot substitute for star power. I don't care how much money there is. I don't care if you come. Hell, I could throw out eight. Uh, events and eight dates and go, oh, the coach invitational tour. But again, as Greg said, I would not have any players to play in said events. I think they'll be able to find 30 or 40 players. But will we have ever heard of them? Will fans care? Will they even notice it on the calendar? I'm going to say no, because all the stars that play on the PGA Tour to a man, except for you know who, and I refuse to say his name because I hate Everything that he stood for when it came to this stuff, and you know I'm talking about he's left-handed. I haven't heard anybody, I haven't heard anybody say anything positive about this. So to me, yes, it's real. And if you want a quick buck and then forgo the rest of your golfing career, because if this does last, guys, I don't know a lot of rich people, a lot of wealthy people that get into business to lose money. And the way they laid this out. It can't make money. It's impossible. I, I don't know why you dislike Brian Harmon so much, Coach, but we'll have to figure that out <laughs> on, another, on another episode. Uh, I, I certainly agree with a couple of, of, of things there uh, that Coach brought up, Greg. This is a, so much money. I don't know how they're ever going to make this money back, first of all, but I do want to look at the schedule. Jacob, we can bring that back up real quick here because um, what I do think is interesting and exciting outside of the whole dirty money, sports washing, all the billion other issues with this, what I do like is you are seeing golf in a few kind of underserved areas. The Pacific Northwest, there's an event in Portland. Um, you know, Boston outside of the U.S. Open this year doesn't really always have a yearly event. Then they're going to, to Bangkok, to Chicago, to London. That side of it is interesting if you can forget where the money's coming from. I, I, I'm not sure that's a, really a, a realistic option. And also, I don't know how interesting that is, Rick. You think about the PGA Tour schedule, and the PGA Tour has tried to expand and um, become a more global brand. 
So they have a couple of events a year in a normal year without COVID that are overseas. But those events here don't carry very much. They don't carry much weight. They yep. uh, because they're hard to watch. The viewing time makes it nearly impossible. Yeah. And so while it may benefit those communities, the PGA Tour has a schedule that's extremely long. And, and it allows a couple weeks a year, especially during football season, to play overseas and bolster those markets. There's not a lot lost here in the U.S. because we know what time of year that happens. Mm-hmm. So now when you have a, a schedule that only has eight events and how what do you have? Uh, two four. of them? Two, four, uh, during four, football. four during football. You have yep. three of them in the U.S., maybe a fourth in the U.S., there, there's not enough to get you into it. These become one-off events. This becomes Shell's wonderful world of golf. It, it, it this is this isn't a a tour, a series that will generate interest over time. And so the PGA Tour and their schedule, whatever you make of their schedule, there's a period of time where where people are really following it. For some, it starts now. For some, like us, it starts in September. Uh, for others, it'll start in April. But there's a there's a series that we're following, and it and it gives us some finality. The road to major championships, the road to the FedEx Cup, all those things that this tour, this league offers, generate something. This may generate a couple of events in a in a couple of areas, but I don't know if, how it's sustainable. I don't know how that generates long term interest, and it, it's a it's a big concern for me. It's a big concern with global sports. And I, I think that's one of the reasons why the biggest leagues in the world are not global for the most part. They may have occasional events uh, outside of their home country. For the most part, they're um, they're they're somewhat centralized. I would like if I was a betting man, which I am, I would like the odds <laughs> on these eight events being the only eight events that ever happen. Coach, I, I think we're in a situation yeah. we kind of talked about this. The sustainability of this much money this quickly from day one with tons of questions about who is going to pay for all of this, whether it's television uh, broadcast, who's deciding to broadcast it, whether sponsors are going to jump on board. I've got a billion questions about the sustainability of this business, but they were so deep into it. They, they, they've got to play some events. You know, they, they burned yeah. all the bridges. They've got to they've got to do something. So I, I would not be surprised to see these eight events starting in June in London being the only eight events that we really ever see. But I want to go back to your point, coach. It only it really only matters who plays. And if they're starting in June, we are likely going to have to find out whoever it is. If anyone is going, we're going to, have to find out pretty soon. Yeah, they're going to have to be a huge part. Part of, of getting a big-time check like this is being willing to promote every event on social media as much as you humanly can. That's going to start right now. I do have kind of a unique viewpoint of the money. So a few years ago when I left ESPN and went back to the WWE for about a year and a half, they signed a deal with Saudi Arabia, 10 years, two events a year, for $10 million per event plus production costs. They're not going to make that money back. But here's the thing. They're trying to turn Saudi Arabia into a destination. They want, and again, this may be a stretch. They want the rest of the world to say, you know what? I want to start taking vacations there. I want to play on those golf courses. And if they look at it as the totality of what they're trying to do, maybe they're willing to invest a billion dollars now to make and turn over what people perceive of their country. I don't know that that can be done. I don't know that you're going to get enough people ever to go, you know what? We've got a week off in July. We could go to Hawaii, 
We could go to uh, Puerto Rico. Or we could go to Saudi Arabia and play golf. Who's going to do that? But that's what they're trying to do, which is why they signed a huge deal, over $200 million with the WWE. And then they started the golf tournament there, and they play all these guys seven figures to show up and play. And then first place is four hundred grand. It makes no sense. And so I think they're willing to invest a half a billion because they're between here thinking they can make their country a destination. And and that I think is a really important aspect in this because a, a big uh, a big point that they have, a big asset that they have, is basically an unlimited wealth of uh, an unlimited resource and money. Right. But they're they're willing to spend that not just because they're willing to give it away, but for a purpose, as coach just mentioned, whether you want it to be tourism, whether you want to change the perception of your country, you want to benefit the, the country of Saudi Arabia. And if you don't have players and if you don't have attention and this doesn't become something that's uh, that's known around the world, then it doesn't do any of those things. And now mm-hmm. the purpose of get, you know, you're not giving money away because you have it. You're giving it away for or, or um, investing it, if you want to yep. call it that, for a purpose. And so once the purpose is gone and once the purpose, once it doesn't work, now all of a sudden you have nothing. And now to what Rick said, these are eight events that happen once and they got to have they got to generate some kind of activity that makes them say, OK, this is maybe not worth it today, but it'll be worth it in 10 years. Exactly. And I don't know exactly. if they're going to get to that point. Yeah, I don't see. I don't know how they would. The Live Golf Invitational. So that's now the new name they're they're going under. We'll we'll see how that kicks off in June, and I imagine we'll get some more news before that. But coach, um, you know, even yesterday, the the PGL, the Premier Golf League, that still is out there, and they're trying a different approach. They're trying to infuse a lot of money to all PGA Tour players, all Corn Ferry Tour players, and kind of improve maybe the fall portion of the PGA schedule. And they're going to go about it a a different way, and we're going to learn more details about that. But I think what we're still seeing is this this golf entity, the, the game of golf that we have and all the stars that we have, appears to be very, very valuable when you have all these different entities that want to get their hand in the pot. Very true. And part of the reason why the last 25 to 30 years of my career, I wanted to be as an executive in addition to talent is because who's ever making these decision boys could not be any dumber. Why you would (laughs) want to start a golf league and think you're going to go up against the most powerful league in the world is beyond me. And then if people haven't seen it, it's out on social media today. Uh, they were able to get a ha- their hands on an email that was sent to Rory McIlroy because he's on the players committee on the board at the PGA Tour. And it was all like, hey, we just want to help. We want to give you equity. We want to give you millions of dollars in in uh, stock in this entity, Premier Golf League. The thing is, I love competition. Competition is good. It gives players and people an opportunity to play. But here's what players need to understand and what execs need to understand you got to make yourself a star. you got to give yourself a brand. You've got to be somebody that people talk about every single week and not just, hey, here's – and I don't want to insult any player by saying a name, but you know what I'm talking about. you got to make yourself a star like JT has done, like Rahm has done, like McElroy has done, like Tiger has done, all those guys. Now I'm interested. But even Tiger and Rory and Bryson cannot get me interested in October. 
And that's the big thing here. And they just haven't figured it out. And I think the whole thing, guys, is, hey, let's throw more money at it and shock yeah. the world with the numbers instead of actually having a really good game plan, which I don't think this is. Yeah. Two, two things. I like the guessing game of trying to pick, think of what player coach is thinking about in his head as he's going on his, on his little tirade. That's, that's the new game. But uh, the other thing here is Greg and, and I love the PGA tour and I've been critical of the PGA tour because I'm happy to be critical about things that I love and I want to see improve and all of that good stuff. But even with um, the SGL now live golf and even the PGL, I, I, the more you step back and you look at what the PGA tour currently has, you think, man, this is great. This is strong. You've got legacy. You've got uh, these premier events. You've got ever increasing prize pools. Are there things that can change? Absolutely. But the more we step back and zoom out, the more I think the PGA Tour is doing it right. <laughs> right. I mean, you look at what you look in internally and you go through a microscope instead of zooming out and there are problems all over the place, but you realize that they're minor problems and they're they're fixable and if they don't change then they're not game changers we don't have a we don't have a game changing problem in this game there are things we'd like to improve and we that, that could be better but without them we're still fine and i think that's a really important aspect and i want to say one other thing about this because uh, the the team aspect seems to be the driving force like golf misses the off-season conversation that football has Right, Tom Brady retiring or not? What team is Aaron Rodgers going to go to? What 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 is this whole scenario? Yep. But I I don't think golf has a, a future in that. I think it's in it's an inherent difference. I won't even say problem mm. between golf and other sports. Yeah. And the team concept in golf to me will will make it one more confusing. Two, it, it won't feel as real. It won't feel as authentic. And we have found people clamor about this all the time. All we see is 72 hole stroke play every week, 72 hole stroke play. It's always the same, but it's the same for a reason because it's the best format. And when we get mm -hmm. a team event, nobody watches, mm -hmm. right? Unless it's the Ryder cup, which is, um, and the president's cup, I suppose those are extremely unique. And I don't think you can recreate that. Uh, you, you create a different format, a state. We'll do a stable for format. We'll do a match play format. And, and the events tend to fall flat. I mean, the PGA championship went from match play to stroke play because it leads to a better ending. And in your in your situation where everybody's watching, everybody wants to see the finale. We want it to be the most exciting. That's what stroke play does. And I, I don't think there's a, a problem there. People try and come up with new ways to improve it, which is fine. But I just I, I think we've landed on this for a reason because it's the best format and we have it. Uh, we're in a pretty good situation uh, if you're the PGA Tour. So here's the thing. I went out to dinner the other night with several people that we worked with down here at the tour, and two of them have been at some point in their careers involved in rulemaking and having their voice because they're very, very respected. The one thing, and there's only one, that these other leagues are doing that is a sticking point on the PGA Tour. Because a lot of times we focus guys on the stars that are making them millions and millions of dollars. Not everybody is like that. So when you're paying on average two to $5,000 a week to travel to an event. So over the course of the year, if you play 15 to 20 events, you're spending a hundred grand on everything from expenses to caddies and all that. They would love it. If even if it's just five or $10,000, a guaranteed check 
when you show up, because this is the only professional sports league where that doesn't happen, where you can go and compete, and if you don't play well, you don't get paid. If you don't play well in an NBA game, you still get paid. If you play like crap and throw two interceptions, you still get paid. So I think that's the one thing that the players would love to see. And again, if you're doing that for 65 players and it's five grand, you're only talking about $300,000 extra that you would need to come up with just to pay the expenses. Nothing crazy, just yeah. the expenses. And I think and that's I, a lot of, of of the 15 events, right, Greg? There's now that exactly. you play 15 events, you get 50 grand. And we, exactly. we often poo-poo that. And we say, what does Rory McIlroy need another 50 grand for? But what that is working towards is guy number 125 who is yep. paying for his travel, his hotel, all that good stuff. And also the in the FedEx Cup bonus structure, if you finish 126 to 150, yes. and this, may have, this number may have changed, um, it's still, you're still making 70 grand. Yep. So those things, they at least help with that issue. I, I coach I'm with you and I've been saying this for a long time. And, um, and, and Michael Breed has been saying this forever too. Everybody should get paid who, yep. whether you miss or make the cut. It doesn't have to be a lot, but everybody should get paid. I couldn't agree more. I should not be getting paid to do the players championship more than Colin Morikawa <laughs> got paid to do the players <laughs> Yes, yes, good coach. They, they, they know star power, and they know they got the coach. Uh, you said it. You said it. Uh, all right, beautiful. Uh, Greg, you mentioned the Ryder Cup and its unique aspect. News coming out of the Ryder Cup this week. The Iceman, Henrik Stenson, will be the team captain for Team Europe, this was, uh, I think, a logical decision. I think Stenson not only has the experience, he served as vice captain. He's very well liked amongst his peers, and he is going to give amazing press conferences when we get to Ryder Cup week and the weeks before. It's the thing I'm looking forward to most because I'm I'm such a big fan of the of the Iceman, and uh, I, I think it will be helpful. I don't know what his strategy is going to be. I, I that All that stuff is yet to be seen, but very well respected, very well liked, very entertaining. Uh, and I think the players, the European players are going to do everything they can to uh, give him their best. So it's it the, the good news here is, well, we love Stenson, yes, but also that we have a decision. And it means that some things are kind of coming to uh, where some decisions are being made because this thing was delayed for a couple of months, largely because of the previous conversation we had. And it seems like things are finally starting to uh, come to a conclusion. We're having our answers. And um, and I'm really happy that that Henrik took this on. and I'm, I'm happy that they chose him. Now, Greg, do you have any. Um... Do you have a little bit of a, a a tough spot in your heart for Henrik Stenson? Because as T. Leone points out in the chat, he was really the original Isofier, and you just had you know, <laughs> the AOL nickname when you were growing up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, he's more like Iceman. That's more of a Top Gun thing. Um, but yeah, I guess you're right. He's the original Isofier. So I guess it just means I'm a I'm a bigger fan. I'm a big I'm a fanboy. I guess that's, that's so good. I love that. I can't and, believe that's public. I know. Me neither. I can't believe you told us <laughs> and that. I made it public. I know. You told us what that. Am I what, doing? A, what a horrible mistake. Coach, there is, um, uh, first of all, there is obviously a huge strategic side of 
a Ryder Cup or a President's Cup, how you are going to put your players together, how you're going to – all that good stuff, how you're going to deploy them. But there is, and we've seen this recently, a huge part of just rallying around your guy, rallying around Mm -hmm. your captain. We saw it with Tiger Woods. Those guys wanted to be on the team just because I I, got to do it for Tiger. I just got to do it for Tiger. And you got to find somebody in all of these team formats that your players are willing to rally around. I certainly think uh, the Europeans have found that in Henrik Stenson. Yeah, rally around and also respect. I think we've gotten to the point, guys, that when you're talking about the uh, the captaincy for the Ryder Cup, we're now getting to the level of player that is closer to the age of players than we've ever seen before, right? So we had Tom Watson. We had Davis Love. We had Jay Jack. All those guys were separated as far as when they played. Henrik Stenson's still playing. He played last week. So he's playing in, you know, with guys that he is going to have to captain. And you throw in the fact that they just got run out of the building in last year's Ryder Cup. So now for the first time in years, how do you get your team together, pick yourself up off the floor, and say, we're going to get this done? And I think that's going to lead to some very, very difficult decisions for Henrik Stenson. Is he willing to make them? Can he make them? It'd be like if I was playing for you, Rick, or playing for you, Greg, and I'd be like, hey, Rick, put me with this guy. And then the other guy, hey, Rick, put, hey, Greg. Put. It's going to be very, very difficult to do. And I think that's going to be the hardest thing is doing the right decision and knowing you can't have two performances like what we just saw. And that is true. I, I do. Uh, this guy, Henrik Stenson, still very much out there on tour, and he plays a lot on the European side as as well, Greg. And there is a difference between talking to your friend about who you want to play with and who you want to be deployed and talking to a, I don't, I don't know the right word, an elder, someone, someone else that you might not be as closely connected with. Is there a line blurring there for this captaincy? Yeah. I mean, there's the, the captain use that word. It's nice when you have a captain, you have somebody that you know is in charge and they're fully in charge. And as they get closer and closer to the followers, whenever a leader gets closer to the followers, decisions become more difficult to make. Mm -hmm. And when you have somebody that is, uh, that, that is clearly the, the captain clearly in charge, clearly the leader now decisions are final. And that's what we do in the military, right? There, there is a very, very structured hierarchy and uh, chain of command is the term they use. And that allows everybody to make decisions without it becoming personal. And so, look, that line is definitely blurred. I'm not sure it's in, it's ex- extremely important. What I'm most curious to see with Stenson, and again, this is now a home European team that's facing pressure, I think, for the first time in a long time. They're going to be home home dogs. And that's not that hasn't been very common in the last what, 15 years. So um, that's going to be interesting to see how he handles it. And in the selection of the team, I think that's more interesting than uh, than than who he pairs together and what formats he plays people in. Who yeah, who gets on this team? Does he stick with some of the old guard, or does he bring up some fresh blood, make some tough decisions, and bring on a a hot young player that we're maybe more familiar with? So I, I think the process leading up will be the really telling aspect. That potential roster, um, it, it, it needs some help. It needs probably an infusion of of young blood, and and we'll see how Henrik Stenson deals with that. One quick thing before we get into our best bets and our one and done stuff: the USGA and the RNA coach they released a joint research paper today of areas of interest. I will save you reading this uh, fairly 
I don't want to call it boring. Let's call it dry uh, document, but it all revolves around uh, essentially the distance debate. And if equipment is getting too hot, if it is getting uh, too long off the tee, if they are going to have an opportunity to continue to play at a lot of these great courses that we know and love that might be getting phased out in our modern game. So this is just a continued conversation around how much distance should these professionals really have access to. And and I'm tired of it. I really am tired of it. All you have to do, if you're one of these courses that, oh, it's 2,500, just look at what they did at TPC Sawgrass last week. Well, on on a course that more than any other on tour has had so many different kinds of players. I worked out in the gym yesterday with Craig Perks. Remember when he won the, the Players' Championship? He came out of nowhere. Tim Clark, opposite. So many different ways. So here's my point. Start growing rough. Start making accuracy as important as length. We saw John Rahm get taken apart in his last round with a nine on the fourth hole. Why? Because he hit it into the rough and everything snowballed from there. So stop with the distance stuff and start making the courses longer or excuse me, harder because of growing rough and doing things you can do within the structure of what they are doing. I'm tired of the equipment talk. Just make the course a little harder. I, I'm I'm generally with coach on this one, Greg. I think, you oh, know, listen, the, the distance thing, I don't like to stop evolution of athletes. And if these guys are going to get better and stronger and whatever, I don't like stopping that and there are ways there are ways to make golf courses hard, firm and fast firm and fast rough around the uh fairways shave it down around the greens so that when That's you it. hit a bad shot around the greens you are penalized for it i i just uh, we are we're like nine we're looking at nine different solutions and i don't think that they necessarily always address the problem which again is uh this is my biggest problem with this whole whole report. The whole concept of the report is the what you just said, Rick. The problem. What is the problem? We're in the middle of a of a golf boom. It's yeah, we, we have we have we have governments never. and organizations throwing money at the game, and then the RNA and the USGA is like, nah, we got to change we everything here. here. <laughs> we have a big problem here. And look, the the other concern that I have is I don't. They they have this period where, where we're going to collect feedback. And we're, we're going to listen to what you have to say. But every everything that I've heard, I don't think there's an OEM out there that wants this to happen. They're a big part of this feedback that the USGA is going to get. People, the, the talking heads are largely in a place of there's not not a problem in the game. This is largely good. And and, and it seems like we just want to preserve Marion. We just want to go to Marion in 2050, <laughs> which I love, but I, that's really, it's that's great. always, that's always the, that is always the example of being used that if, if we continue to go down this path, we can't go back to Marion. I love Marion. I would play there every single week if we could, but if we lose Marion and still have access to everywhere else, uh, okay. It's not a big deal. I mean, think about the iconic golf courses that this does not affect. They're everywhere. Seminal. Uh, a place at Indian Creek in Miami that I went to that I, I used to work at that is just iconic and it just pops into my mind because it's short. Uh, the Jupiter Island Club down there. I mean, these places are phenomenal, historic golf courses that are not affected at all. Mm-hmm. And they're everywhere. There's far more of them than there are that 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 are affected. And th- the game changes. The game has yeah. changed. It's yeah, OK. Yeah. Here's the deal, and I hate to insult anybody, but everybody has to, when when they have a job to do, 
they have to do it, right, and, and, and validate their paycheck. Sometimes I feel like these reports come out just for something for these people who have these jobs to do. That's, what, that's how I feel because it doesn't help anybody, at least a discussion. And sometimes how many times – and this is what I love about working at CBS. We don't have meetings to have meetings to have meetings. A lot of times these type of organizations do, and then nothing ever comes out of it. When you have something to tell me a result, let me know. Otherwise, I'm done. I hope a, nothing comes out of it. Add a couple bunkers at yeah. 3.30 instead of 2.80 and then get back to Thank me you. And see what Thank happens. Um, all right, you. gentlemen, we are going to move or into trees. our – Or trees. There you go. Our best bets, one and done and pick segment. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back. We are uh, out for the week. We do not have to do Mark's nationality pick of the week. We've been saved. We are generally pretty poor at uh, under, uh, learning and, and determining what the nationality, uh, the national anthem is. We do not have to do that this week. So we're going to jump right into the best bets, gentlemen. And if you're new to the show, this is where we go over to Caesar Sportsbook. We scour every square inch of that website and we come back with our best bets. Coach, I'm going to start with you. You have a uh, head-to-head matchup here that you have as your best bet. Yeah, this was pretty easy for me. Sam Burns is your defending champion. I'm only laying 18 cents. This is as much about Sam Burns, and he was in contention until he fell off on Sunday or Monday afternoon. But Shane Lowry, think about this. What's today's date? I'm, I'm, is today March 16th? <laughs> right, right. So what would tomorrow be? Oh, you're going with the St. Paddy's Day narrative. Oh, Shane Lowry, St. Paddy's Day. You don't think he's going to let something like a little golf tournament get in the way of a few of these? By the oh, way, God. he did buy beer for the uh, entire media room after his hole-in-one this weekend. But Shane Lowry, we saw him when he won the, the Open Championship. He was he was lit up for three or four days. This is an easy fade for me, an easy best bet. Coach is going with Sam Burns minus 118 over Shane Lowry the week of St. Patrick's Day. Greg, your best bet here says Alex Noren plus 163 over Fitzpatrick and Shank? Question mark? What's the question mark? <laughs> I, I don't I didn't put the question mark in it. I'm not sure. Maybe I that might have been a typo on my end. If it is, I apologize. Adam Shank. That'll be a typo. We'll make it more definitive. Yeah, an exclamation point might be better. Yeah, um, it could be an exclamation (laughs) point. And look, I I think Matt Fitzpatrick's been playing some great golf. This is not his best venue. I look at what Alex Noren has done, and in, what is it, his last six? We said this uh, on Monday, and I, I can pull this up exactly. Here it is. So in his last 
Six events. It's six events. He's gained strokes approaching the green. He has one start here. It's a tied 21st. He lost strokes off the tee and approaching the green in that T21. So I think he understands the greens here. I like what he's done on the greens for his whole career. I think he can have a great putting week, but I like what he's done tee to green of late. And I think Alex Noren is, um, is hot. And I don't love this golf course for Matt Fitzpatrick. So I'm expecting a slowdown for him. Adam Shank has been as definitive as it is here. He has not been great. So I'm I'm not too worried about him uh, stepping on this one. I, I and I love the number at plus one sixty three. Yeah, plus one sixty three. Alex Noren over Matt Fitzpatrick, not Alex Fitzpatrick, his brother, also in the field, and Adam Shank for that three ball for Greg Ducharme. I'm gonna go with Bubba Watson over Keegan Bradley. I actually like both of these guys this week, Coach. Keegan was in contention and honestly kind of melted away. Still finished T five last week, but Bubba has. A lot of creativity that he can tap into at a Florida course that's got a bit more elevation. It's got the longer par threes. It's got the fives that you need to take advantage of. I'm going to go with Bubba on the plus side of money over Keegan. The reason I don't like this, Rick, is is the motivation factor. I think Mm -hmm. we're going to see a lot of really, really slow starts from a lot of guys. And Bubba Watson was so beaten down. And he finished on the other side of the golf course on Monday where nobody else was. It was like the, the weakest get to the finish line we've ever seen i don't think he is even going to care what happens this week and keegan bradley is one of the ultimate grinders every week he shows up he gives it everything he has that's the only reason i don't like this he does he does indeed grind all right well we'll see how this one plays out bubba watson over keegan bradley i'll take the plus money plus 110 let's move on gentlemen to our sleepers and coach i'll just kick it right back to you here because you've got a guy in triple digits for your sleeper yeah so pat Kazire broke error or he tied a record that cam smith also tied on monday and that was 10 birdies in the final round at the Players' Championship. He was just hitting lasers, but he wasn't close to the lead, so nobody really knew about it. So to me, he's won the last couple of years on tour, but he's still, anytime you're plus 10,000, that's a sleeper to me. So I'm going to take Pat Gazire there. Sam Burns, easy top 10, a plus 225. Love that number. And Victor Hovland, he was a top five finish here a year ago. And guys, I'm convinced. It doesn't matter where this cat goes. He is going to figure out a way, even if it means getting a hole-in-one in the third round to position himself, he figures out a way to just get close to the top. I think this week, even though there's five of the top ten players in the world at the venue, I think clearly his game is where it needs to be. I like him to win at plus 1,100. Victor Hovland, ball-striking maniac. There is some evidence that the around-the-green areas here at uh, the Copperhead course, not nearly as tricky as some of the spots that we've seen him in at both Bay Hill and TPC Sawgrass 11-1. So that's Patton Kazire uh, as coach's sleeper, Sam Burns to finish inside the top 10, and Victor Hovland to win. I'm going to go with uh, Troy Merritt here, plus... 12,500. That's 125 to one had a top 10 here last year. He's been popping up. He's been making the cut at some of these more difficult events. Now he gets into a weaker field and my top 10, Greg, this is your guy. I'm on board. Yes. I'm, I'm here for it this week. Adam Hadwin similar. There's actually, I sent this out in my email newsletter this week. There are two guys who have made huge approach improvements uh, from 2021 to 2022, Alex Noren is one. You pointed that out. Adam Hadwin is the other. He's won this event. He's always a very good putter. I'll take him to finish inside the top 10. And then my pick to win. And Greg, I'd love your thoughts on this. I went a little bit further. Abe answer. And I look at um, 
we are definitely in Florida, but it doesn't feel like a Florida course because you've got like tree line fairways and elevation and stuff like that. Playing out of the fairway or just into the rough is huge where you're not blocked out. And that is kind of answers game when you get him on dog legs like that. He's extremely accurate. And you think of in 2020 when the RBC Heritage had all that attention on it uh, and it had a great field, he was right there in the mix. And it's that kind of golf course that brings out the best in Abraham answer. So uh, I, I love him because of the accuracy and the ball striking. It feels like he's ready to pop. Um, his his performance last week was a lot better than that finishing position. So I think he's ready to pop. I love Hadwin as well. And, and I like Alex Norin. And if you remember on my all A team, uh, those three guys are on it. So in my, in my, and even in my non-narrative fantasy golf lineups, those three guys are going to be staples for me this week. Um, So yeah, answer Hadwin and Norin. I I love all three of those guys. Now you are rolling here with your sleeper, Francesco Molinari. He was in the thick of it for 2.75 rounds, three and a half rounds. He kind of faded down the stretch, but Frankie is uh, putting things together here. He hit it a lot better last week, which I think could be advantageous for him because his finishes, um, his finishes of late, he's been making cuts since the American Express where he finished tied six and was in contention. He made the next three cuts, but he hit it terribly. But he's been hanging on with some pretty good putting and some pretty good short game. And so I, I think he's a guy who, when he gets the ball striking figured out, can actually win. Uh, and and I think that was a really important aspect in my sleeper pick here. I'm I'm not sure. I don't like him. I don't love him in a fantasy lineup. The reliability isn't extremely high for me. But if he gets it going and starts off having a really good um, a really good ball striking week, I think he turns into kind of a, more of a favorite value than uh, at this number. So because of that number, because of his ability, and I think there's a good chance he hits it really well this week. I think he could actually win the tournament. 90 to one. If he does look at this coach, Greg, very savvy here. He wants Louis Oosthuizen on his card, but he knows better than to pick him to win. So he opted for the top 10 at plus 225. Now win equity is not so important, right? <laughs> for, for the sleeper, that guy's got to win to cash. So that the win equity is really important on either end of this. It's not here. And so second place, Louis silver medal, Louis is, uh, is I think, he's starting to play a little more. He's getting into the groove of the season and he loves this golf course. He has some great results here and I'm very interested to see what he does this week. I think he's, I think he's going to be near, but not on top of the leaderboard. First page of that leaderboard yeah, is what we're exactly. looking for out <laughs> exactly. of Louis Oosthuizen. And then Greg, finally your pick to win 12 to one, another young gun in our tour. Yes. Uh, Colin Morikawa. And a lot of this, a lot of the reason he got a, a really bad break last week, um, with the draw and a lot of players did, it's not an excuse. It just, it, it's an explanation and why there's a miscut all of a sudden. And I think that's a bigger, that has a bigger effect than his actual form. I think he gets back into form this week. And I think he's the, I think he's the best player in this field. So uh, I'm, I'm going here now. The thing I like about what you did, Rick, with your winner going with Abe answer, we haven't seen big names win this year. We've seen a lot of big names play well, a lot of big names in contention, but it's been kind of surprise winners almost every week on the PGA Tour this year. And, and I would in- include Cam Smith in that in that field last week. So um, I'm very interested in your selection there. I didn't have the guts for it. I think the best player in the field this week is Colin Morikawa, and I, I think he's going to close the deal. 
Hey, Coach, have you noticed now, and I'm seeing it right here on our card as well, Victor Hovland 11 to 1, Colin Morikawa 12 to 1. We're starting to see maybe a little bit of a shift here. Obviously, Colin Morikawa's resume with the multiple major championships and big time wins is probably one that Victor would trade for at this point. But yeah. books are really starting to either treat them as equals or in recent weeks give Hovland the nod a bit. What do you think about that? Well, we talked about it on the air extensively last week since we had so much time to talk about it, that this is really starting to be a shift in players moving out and players moving in, but not just moving in like they did a couple of years ago. We were like, oh, it's nice. Hobbs playing well. Oh, more Kyle. We got it. Now these are turning into dominant players on the PGA Tour. But for every five new dominant players you have, what do you got to have? You got to have five guys that get pushed out. So guys like Brent Snedeker, the Lee Westwoods, the middle 40-somethings are now realizing, wait a second, unless I get my, my button gear, I'm getting pushed out. And I also don't think a lot of the veteran guys like the attention that a Victor Hovland is, oh, shucks, and, my, you know, and that they're getting, right? And if anybody saw the incredible sound that Hovland had with Berger and Joel Damon on that issue, Hovland stood up for himself. And I think we saw him in a completely new light based off of that interaction. And that's a guy that we can get behind and also call him Morikawa. All right. Well, they are two of the favorites to win this week at the Valspar, which, gentlemen, leaves us with one final thing to do. It's our one-and-done selections. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. On May 23rd. I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? <laughs> Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil, the final season. Streaming May 23rd. Only on Paramount Plus. Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. And we're back. All right. It is time. Now, as we do for the one and done each and every week, we start at the bottom, which for now and just for now is the fans. Because I imagine any moment now they will be passing Kyle and Sia Najat. <laughs> and I will tell you, uh, so Elijah does all the polling for us here, which is a super helpful. And he sends me the percentages of the vote. And I will tell you that before his WD coach, Paul Casey was the landslide leader to be the fans one and done. They wanted, give me Paul Casey, but they are not going to get him because he is withdrawn from this event. Yeah, it's, and I, I don't know what, the, I actually didn't see the complete reason for it. Uh, Doug Gim also, I mean, it's, it's, I don't know how, when you won this event in 18 and 19, unless it's just something that you can't play through, how you, how you move away from this tournament is beyond me. I know he had a, a, a three and he made seven figures, but show up, please show up. The actual voting looks like mm -hmm. this 
In third place with 12.6% of the vote, not the fans one and done selection is Dustin Johnson. Number two with 16% of the vote, the defending champion, not the fans one and done selection, Sam Burns and the official fan selection for the Valspar championship, the one and done with 22% of the vote, Victor Hovland. Yes. They're going, they're going with Victor. They're going with Victor. So they're looking. They're looking to make moves here, which is great. Yep. Yeah. Kyle Porter has a, what is that? $100,000 lead, Greg, on on the fans. He's going with Russell Knox. We talked about him a little bit on Monday. He's not only a good course fit, he's got decent history. He's ball striking the heck out of it. Kyle is attempting to make some moves here by being the lone wolf on Russell Knox. I mean, uh, when you're in this position... uh, yeah, I don't know off the top of my head what he's unloaded, but uh, I like Russell Knox as a play. I'm just I'm not sure if this is enough for Kyle to extend his lead over. I mean, he's looking in the rearview mirror of Victor Hovland, and he's got Russell Knox. That's scary. It's a scary place. I know I know Knox is playing great. I'm not knocking the pick, but uh, it's it, it's a little concerning. You are knocking the pick. Just say it. You're knocking the pick. That's what no, you're I, li- I like if I were in my situation here, I'm trying to be different than you guys. I'm trying to catch you guys. I, I might yeah. take a Russell Knox here, but I'm yeah. looking in the rear view mirror at, uh, I guess what I'm saying is I'm knocking Kyle making this pick. I'm not knocking Russell Knox because I think he's a good option, but it, is he going to win this thing? Is he going to get Kyle any closer to, to Mark? No. I I can tell you that Kyle's path to the top of the leaderboard is very, very narrow. So I'm looking at who he has used. He has earned. Okay, so he used Victor Hovland, Colin Morikawa, Xander Shoffley, Scotty Scheffler, Daniel Berger, Patrick Cantlay, Rory McIlroy, John Rahm, and got a total from those eight golfers, maybe eight of the best golfers on planet Earth. He has gotten a total of nine hundred and thirty nine thousand dollars so oh no <laughs> oh that's terrible it's oh. it's tough it's it's so a he tough needs path. he needs russell knox that's where he that's what he's left with yeah, yeah. he's he's gonna yeah. need that um see Najad actually going to the St. Patrick's Day narrative coach. He's thinking Shane Lowry couple of Guinnesses that'll just he'll, he'll be nice and loose he'll be out there <laughs> rocking and rolling Dumb, 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 dumb. You remember, it's so hard to keep good play going. What happened at the Honda Classic? Bad break, could have won. Then last week, he was right there, seven under, right? You know, he was three back most of Monday, plus the hole in one, plus the beer, plus all of that. Why would you pick him this week? It makes no sense. I love me some Sia. But, Greg, this is how you knock a pick. Sia, (laughs) it's a bad pick. It's a bad pick. That's how you do it. There you go. I'm going with Dustin Johnson. Like I'm, I'm 1.4 million clear of Sia. I am $200,000 behind Greg. I'm not sure I'm in the position to trust DJ at a major championship this year. I'm going to roll him out here at Valspar. And Greg, I'm coming for you, bud. Uh, you are uh, just within $100,000 of Jacob. Your one and done selection is who? Louis Oosthuizen. Yeah. Uh, one, I'm, I'm very happy to see I'm the only one with him on the board. The only sad thing is it's probably not going to be a victory. So I'm I'm hoping for a, a solo second here. And I think that can get me up a little closer to the to the top. But I need a solo second for Louie. Uh, or, uh, you know, maybe he breaks through and gets a win. Solo second for Louie. Miscut 
for Victor Hovland, and I am really happy this week. So I think, um, look, Louie's been been starting to get into the groove of a season, as he said earlier. I think he's a really safe play here because I think he just loves the golf course, and um, and I need to get a little momentum going again. So I'm going Louie. I'm not going to feel like I'm losing too much, but I feel like he's got some really good upside. Uh, Jacob, are you coming in for this? Jacob is up next. He's at 3.5 million. He's $400,000 behind coach. He has a lone wolf scenario. He can make some moves this week with a past champion. Jacob, who is it? We're going to go with a little leverage opportunity here and take Adam Hadwin. I feel like I'm like a bit of like a dead zone of like, you know, I'm sort of near the top, but Mark's lead is just gargantuan. So we got to, we got to not play the big names, which I really wish I had Colin Morikawa still in the tank, but yeah, that didn't work out last week. So let's go with Adam Hadwin and uh, not to steal hosting duties from you, Rick, but I did just get a little text message from our boy C and Najad with regards to the coach and coaches thrashing of the Shane. <laughs> and Sia has, he's offered something coach. I think you, I think you know what it is. And oh, oh! Would he like a little showdown, jeweler? He would like a showdown with uh, going against your matchup bet from earlier. So you take Sam Burns, he takes Shane Lowry, <sighs> even showdown amount. I'll I'll put that in your hands. You know what to say now, <laughs> jeweler. I think you know you and I consider you my partner, and you know you can speak for me. I, I don't I don't even need you. Go ahead and text him back, and just say that we played the music, even though we didn't play the music, because well, this yeah. is the easiest match. Of- of course we can't. This is the easiest matchup I've ever had in my life. In fact, in fact, this bet will be over on Friday because Shane Lowry is not even going to make the cut. On Friday, this will be over. One thing to do. It's gonna be a showdown. Let's go! <laughs> there we go. I love it. There we go. Sam Burns for the coach. Sia Najad is taking Shane Lowry. And coach says that'll be over by Friday. Sia says it's going to be a showdown. Give me sugar Shane. All right. We are on (laughs) the board. Lock it up. Uh, Coach, right back at you here because uh, you are the closest to Mark. You're $1.2 million behind. You will not make up ground on Mark because you and him have picked the same golfer. But you will look to extend on the rest of the pack. All right. A couple of things here. You don't ever want to go out to dinner with Mark Emmelman when he's ahead of you on the one and done. Okay? Uh, he, t- he told us. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that, that's one thing. Uh, I hate to bring up the fact that in our new one and done, which I am technically the commissioner and maker of the rules. He just won the first half of Ooh. our one and done. And we have to send him the money this week. That stinks. Ugh. With that being said, Now it's getting very strategic. And I told him, I said, I'll give you a lot of credit, Mark. You're on the main network crew. And somehow every week, you and I are picking the same, which means you're trying to get in my head because you're trying to think, how do the greats pick their people? It was just a year ago that all of you guys like, coach, you're on the bottom. And I told everybody, (laughs) I started three months behind. I said, but once I get in it from the beginning, look what's going to happen. And that's exactly what I told you with the exception of Mark being in the lead. So right now I'm biding my time because we have four separate payouts for the major championships. But now I've got an entire second half to catch him, and I have to be strategic. I just can't throw somebody out there like Russell Knox 
or Shane Lowry and think I'm going to stay behind Mark. So I'm willing to stay right here this week because I have the long play in mind. Victor Hovland is the selection for both Coach and Mark Immelman, the two at the top of the board. So just to recap, Mark and Coach, Victor Hovland, Jacob, Adam Hadwin, Greg is going with Louis Eustace, and I'm going with Dustin Johnson, Sia Najad going with Shane Lowry, Kyle's going with Russell Knox, and you, the fans, are also on Victor. So we wish you all the best of luck this week. Gentlemen, I got to run. So that is going to be the conclusion of our mega preview pod for this week's Valspar Championship. Producer Jacob does all the hard work behind the scenes. That right there, it's the coach. You can find him on Twitter at the Coach Rolls and Greg Ducharme, who you can find at the Real GFD. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut, and we'll catch you next time. The chilling new original docu series on Paramount Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. She's a can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.